Shit We've Read is a proud member of Bilo Network, a network of geeky podcasts. Please visit shitweavered.com to support the show. Now let's talk about some books. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Shit We've Read, a sci-fi fantasy book podcast hosted by some geeky friends. I am your host, Laura Benson, and I am here with my co-host, Jason Rico, who is Hello. being a hey. perfectionist. <laughs> yeah, don't you can't see, but my book fell over and needed to put it up. Hey, Laura, how's it going? <laughs> Good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's Friday when we're recording. It's not nearly as hot as it has been the last couple of days here in Sacramento. It's been bad, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a good, good day. Good. Well, we are here with a returning guest host. He's a host of Sister Podcast Before You Log Off and founder of our podcast family, the Bilo Network. Welcome back to the show, Sir Aaron Carter. Hello. Hello, everybody. Glad to be back. Thank you for having me on again. Of course. Uh, Didn't know how I did the last time, so, you know. (laughs) You you did great. It was terrible. Oh, sorry. (laughs) So something something that's, um, I don't know if it's new or maybe you guys always did it, but did you always intro yourself saying you're a sci-fi fantasy book podcast? Yeah, usually. Okay. All right. I just thought you guys covered the whole range of you know i know you guys have your other one you know the after dark series type of thing but like mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but i thought you know in the daytime everything was on you know, on limits, you know. yeah you know, maybe one day we'll we'll ditch the sci-fi fantasy i, I think that's our comfort thing right now i'm not that's looking cool. forward to covering withering heights anytime soon i mean uh, whatever you're into that's cool you know <laughs> Whatever you're into. Yeah. yeah. We we definitely try to stick with sci-fi fantasy. There have been a few times that we accidentally chose a book that wasn't. Yeah. Um <laughs> like the they like the feel we got from the synopsis felt like it was one of those, but then it wasn't. Okay. Um <laughs> that does happen. But. I've done that once, not not with a sci-fi genre, but I have done that once with a a, a book. I read a book called uh, The Hating Game. I think I've told you guys about this. Maybe. maybe I think not. so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was going to be like a rom-com. I'm a big rom-com movie guy, at least. Um, uh-huh. And so I was like, let me read the book version of a rom-com. It was not as rom-com-y as I thought it would be. But, you know, I... You know. <laughs> It, it is whatever. They made a movie about it, and I refuse to see it. So that's, that's <laughs> was, was the cover. Did it, the cover give off rom com vibes? Yeah, it it did. Mm-hmm. It was one of those um, cartoony covers, yeah. like you see on a sitcom where the guys like <clears throat> facing mm. the other way, and the girls facing the other way, and they're looking at each other like you know, yeah, oh Karen yeah. or oh Greg, and it's like, all right, cool. Let's see what this is about. It it wasn't. It I mean it. It was very, um, it crept into my bully genre. Bully I was about to genre. ask. Yes. I was okay. about to ask that. <laughs> so I was like, all right, okay, thanks. I wonder if it's one of those uh, discreet covers that those type of books are doing these it days. It might have been. So I found out about that a month or so after. Mm. That That's a thing. <laughs> discreet covers to trick yeah. people. So I'm like, so I got swindled? 
Is that what happened? Got it. Okay. Well, some of those books, I get, like, people don't necessarily want to go out in public and read a book where it's obvious that it's a dirty book. Why? So, like... What well, like, the, you can't, the, like, take that, like, I don't know. I feel like it would start some really weird conversations. It's not like you're walking around naked in the streets. You're reading literature that's, you know, it's a story. I, I, I'm not one to read a ton of smut, but I would have no problem in public reading it. And if somebody were to look at me, <laughs> you know, sideways or second glance, I would be like, yeah. It's hot Allosaurus uh, summer. Go check it out. <laughs> Go check it out. Like, I, I have Good no shame know. in that area. Yeah, I have no shame in that area. Well, yes, I am reading Morning Glory Milk Farm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Great book, by the way. Great book. I did read that. Great book, oh, by the way. Lord. I, I have okay. not read that book myself, but I, it's it is probably one of my favorite titles. <laughs> it is actually a pretty good one. I would. It is on Aaron's recommend list. I, wow. I definitely recommend. Uh, there you go. Okay. Yes. This is apparently turned into an after dark episode. All right. I mean, <laughs> my talents are available for for those episodes. If you guys need, you know, an extra one day or something, I don't you know. All right. Keep that in mind. <laughs> good sure. to know. We'll keep that in mind when we do more planning. <laughs> All right. Well, on this episode, our featured book is going to be The Kaiju Preservation Society by John Scalzi. But before we jump into that, I want to ask, what is some of the shit you've been reading? Um, yeah, I can go first. So we, I mentioned this in last, at the end of last episode, but uh, we had an author reach out to us, Jules McCallis. And uh, to tell us about her her debut novel, The Wizard's Ward, uh, which I finally finished, and it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's a young adult like epic fantasy. You know, it's got dragons and elves, centaurs, pirates, some romance, wow. some adventure, some danger. Um, it's about a a badass female protagonist who has like all these untapped powers. Like it's it, there's a lot in the book. That's a lot of fun to read. It's a really easy read. Um, I got through it pretty quickly. It's just like a fun, fun read. Yeah. So if, if anybody is into that kind of book, I definitely recommend checking it out. Cool. Aaron. I, uh, finished, um, to sleep in a sea of stars. (gasps) And so, so I, I purchased that book a while ago, and it's a very long book. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, But I, I really – so it's one of these books because I've, I've read long books before, and I don't know if you guys ever get into this where you've put a book down and then like for a, a little while and then come back to it later and realize you don't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. I like this book so much that I when I picked it up after a month or a few months actually – uh, of not reading it, I was able to jump back in that world again. Oh, and, nice. Um, wow. I, I really enjoyed this book. Um, it was narrated by uh, Commander Shepard, uh, the voice actress <laughs> that did um, Mass Effect, um, which I really enjoyed. Nice. And it was it was just really deep sci-fi. Like, so Emma recommended it to me. Emma Skies recommended it to me. And... She said, you're going to like how detailed they are with some of the 
mechanics of the universe with this sci-fi because that's what I kind of mm-hmm. really, you know, I kind of dig on that. And I love the way they kind of explained all these things, how things worked and stuff like that. So yeah, I've, I've, I finished that one. That was um, that was probably the biggest to read in you know a few months besides little tiny comic books that you know I've been trying to pick up and then put down. Oh, the the other thing, can I say comic books or we stay yeah, away from it? Yeah. It was oh, what is it? I I just put it down, but it was one Laura. I think you know this one. It was it's called something. Oh, something's killing the kids or something like that. Something What's killing is, the kids in the woods. Something is killing or? the children. Yes, something is killing the children. That's good. Yes. I started it, and I got to get back to it because I really like it. Like yeah. Yes, I got to get back to that one. That's definitely sure. a good one to read for for spooky season too. Coming up, that's yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. It's on my list for next month. <laughs> yeah, definitely a good comic book. I kind of I'm behind on on all of my comics right now, but um, that's still on my list to like. It's it's a higher priority for me to get through. Gotcha. Yeah, so. I think you first mentioned it to me, Laura, and uh, so I put it on my list, but I put it in my list for October. So I've been waiting this entire time to get to yeah. it and finally almost there. So I would love to cosplay the main character someday. Ooh. I mean, there's not like nothing hugely special about her other than she's got her specific hairstyle, like gigantic eyes. Oh, well, spoilers. What the hell? <laughs> she's on the covers. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, that's a good comic book and, and a good book. Sounds like you had some good reading. Yeah, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed my my reading. Nice. What about you, Laura? What have you been reading? Um, I am actually in the middle of reading "Prison of Sleep" by Tim Pratt. It's the second book in the Zaxony Delatree series. Um, "Doors of Sleep" is the first one. It's been on my list for forever. And so I just decided to listen to the audiobook one day because I have a lot of credits on Audible that I need to use. And oh, I really too. enjoyed it. And then I saw there was a second book, and uh, I'm really bummed that there's no audiobook for it because <laughs> I really liked the the audiobook for the first one. So, uh, But I still liked the story enough to actually read it. So I'm I'm reading a the ebook for it. It's a it's a multiverse story where the character, the the main character, every time he um falls asleep, he moves to another universe. And so he wakes up in a whole new world basically. And so it's about him traveling through these different different universes and and different people he's met and um it's just really interesting because so Aaron in the last episode you were with us on mm-hmm. was uh episode was it nine did I say nine yeah episode nine the space between worlds and I think one thing that we talked about was that we didn't get to see enough of the other universes yeah um this series we see a lot of these different universes sometimes it's like a literally like just a couple minutes that he stays sometimes he stays several days so it's it's been really interesting kind of like seeing all of these different um different worlds that the author has created 
So I've been really, really enjoying it. I don't know if there's going to be more books or if it's just a duology, but let's see. Book two, Prison of Sleep, actually just came out this year. So I don't know. We'll see how it ends. So maybe the <laughs> audiobook will come out a little later? Maybe. Yeah, it's possible. But I didn't want to wait to find out. I wanted to see what happened. <laughs> so <laughs> the first book, I mean, it could, duck, it could, I guess, it could end in the first book. But there's definitely still, you can tell there's still more story after that. So I was excited to see that I didn't have to wait to get the rest of it. So, but I am enjoying the adventure of it. Nice. I got to read yeah. that first book um, because I want a copy of it from the Sacramento County Library. So I have, I have oh. a book, but uh, I still haven't read it yet. So I really need to get around to that. So anyway, shout out to the Sacramento County Library. Uh, support your local library. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You see, they have a, um, the um, the book train. I just saw that. Yeah, I'm cur- pretty cool. Yeah, I uh, get audio books um, on the. Uh, I, I think it's a light rail. Is that what it is? It looked like a light rail. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. <laughs> All right, you guys want to jump into to the the featured book? Oh, please, let's, let's, let's do it. Yeah. All right. We are talking about the Kaiju Preservation Society by John Scalzi. It is a science fiction novel, standalone. Jason, would you like to read the synopsis for us? Yeah, I would love to. Okay. When COVID-19 sweeps through New York City, Jamie Gray is stuck as a dead-end driver for food delivery apps. That is, until Jamie makes a delivery to an old acquaintance, Tom who works at what he calls an animal rights organization. Tom's team needs a last-minute grunt to handle things on their next field visit. Jamie, eager to do anything, immediately signs on. What Tom doesn't tell Jamie is that the animals his team cares for are not here on Earth. Not our Earth, at least. In an alternate dimension, massive dinosaur-like creatures named Kaiju roam a warm and human-free world. They're the universe's largest and most dangerous panda, and they're in trouble. It's not just the Kaiju Preservation Society that's found its way to the alternate world. Others have too, and their carelessness could cause millions back on our Earth to die. (laughs) Thank you for reading that, Jason. Yeah, no problem. I guess before we jump into anything, obviously from the synopsis, content warning is that this book does talk about COVID-19. So... Might be a topic that is sensitive to some people, um, just just to forewarn our listeners. Let's let's uh, just talk about non-spoiler first impressions. Um, Aaron, what did you think? Did you like it? Uh, I I th- I thought honestly, it felt like a um, yeah no, it felt like a, it felt like either a Netflix or sci-fi channel movie. Um, I feel like you can, if you were to throw this on a movie, because I mean, whenever I read anything, I'm kind of really imagining uh, it as a video production. And I feel like this, you get a guy in a suit, in a giant, you know, kaiju suit, old school (laughs) classic Godzilla, you know, (laughs) um, you get big fake plants everywhere for people to kind of walk through, you know, like they're going through a jungle, but you can clearly tell it's not a jungle that they're, you know, and not in a in a in a 
See, I like cheesy movies. I like B movies. It's my, you know, Laura, we used to, you know, do mm-hmm. B movie night type of thing. So that's my jam, you know? So like I dug that vibe that it gave off for me and some parts in my opinion, cause I wanted to keep that vibe going were a little too explainy for me. Like, I, I understand they were trying to flesh out the world and everything like that and how kaijus in this world work. And, um, but I was just like, can we get to the, like the, the, the campy action parts, you know, like let's, let's really, <laughs> let's really turn into Sharknado three for here. You know, let's, let's, let's go for that. So it kind of, it kind of lost me a little on that part. And then I, I also think coming off of, a really detailed book like to sleep in the sea of stars uh and then to go to this one and have the mentality that i was thinking that you know that it's kind of a a campy book which in my again my opinion i think the characters that were written jamie uh especially that's how it that's how they came off with the jokes that they were telling the way that they named the kaijus um all the pop culture references i was like yeah this is straight a, a sci-fi channel movie for sure but you know, it it was a it was a it was a quick enjoyment book. I'll say, like something that you can kind of uh, mm-hmm. jump into, not really think too much, and then just go for the ride. I think so. Like there were a couple of things that like kept me from liking it a lot more. Like I said, with the the explanations of certain things that I kind of felt like I didn't need. But you know, I. I can't get straight A's off of everything, so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Jason. Well, I I kind of agree with what some of Aaron said. I will say I actually really love this book, and and reading this book, and realizing how much I was enjoying it made me realize that this is a very specific type of book that I really enjoy. That reminds me a lot of The Martian, Project Hail Mary maybe even a little bit of Ready Player One, um, even a little bit of Jurassic Park, where it's a sci-fi book, especially with The Martian and Project Hail Mary. You take kind of an everyman character who happens to be really smart, Mm -hmm. but is also kind of geeky, makes all these references, and puts him in this sci-fi situation. And it's just a really enjoyable time. Like, it doesn't really take itself too seriously at any point. It, it's super easy to get through. The science that you need to know for the science fiction is not very labor intensive. They'll throw out terms, but really you don't need to care about them. Any explanation that they do is very surface level. I don't know. It's just, it was just a lot of fun for me. It's, it's, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I just really enjoy it. I really enjoyed it. I got through it really quickly and I just had yeah. a fun, I got a last the entire time. Probably exactly for the reason that Ern was saying that it feels kind of like a campy sci-fi movie. It's like, you know, you don't watch those thinking they're going to be these really in-depth, critically acclaimed movies. No, I'm going to watch it because I want to watch a three-headed shark, you know, fighting a giant <laughs> oct- octobat or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, that's the fun. That's the fun of it. And mm-hmm. and this is what that book was for me. I I also really loved it. Um I think it's kind of what I needed. Um, if anybody listened to the last episode, I kind of had mentioned that I, well, I, I've not been having the greatest couple of months. And so 
The last book was a little heavy for me. This is like, was like the perfect read at the right time because it was just so much fun overall. And like you, like you just said, is it's the science wasn't too deep. I could still understand it and still geek out over a little bit. It, it had a lot of pop culture references Aaron had mentioned. It just had a lot of things in it that, that yeah, I could, I could relate to even though it wasn't a very deep book. It was just a lot of fun. It was a new place and lots of different uh, characters. And um, I think it was just, it was a really fun book that passed some time. The audiobook was a lot of fun too. It was narrated by Will Wheaton. And he already has a lot of energy when he does his narrations. And so that made it fun, gave it a little bit more attitude that I might not have necessarily put in it. Um, but then I started when I was, when I, so I would switch between reading and then listening to the audiobook depending on what I was doing. So then I started hearing Jamie's voice as Will Wheaton when I read. <laughs> um, and so that was kind of weird, but, um, I thought it was, it was a, it was a good book. It's definitely felt different from what we've been reading for the show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and that might be a big reason why I also enjoyed it. Like you said, like this was a nice kind of palate cleanser. Uh, you know, a lot of the books yeah. that we've read, you know, deal with deeper themes, which are great. Um, but sometimes you just want to have fun with the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a very fun book, um, even though it kind of stems out of the COVID-19 as, as a backdrop, which I will say, like, for anybody, COVID-19 has obviously been very challenging for a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Um, And if you're listening to this, hopefully you weren't too personally impacted by it. But that is really just kind of the setup for the book. It's it's not I wouldn't say it's a really big part of the book. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was nice to kind of use that as a more serious setup and then an escape from it. Like there's something kind of therapeutic about it of like, all right, you're putting me back into that beginning part of of COVID-19. And then now we're going to go to this world where there's kaiju and, and it's kind of ridiculous really as a juxtaposition to the way the world was and it still is now. Um, so I think that was kind of fun. Yeah. Anything else before we jump into spoilers? Um, no, I say we jump into spoilers. Okay. Spoiler warning. Turn back now if you haven't read it or don't want spoilers. Okay. I keep listening. Let them, let them listen along. <laughs> um, before we get into some of the, the deeper questions that we have, I wanted to ask you guys, would you try the poop fruit? No. As an instantaneous no. So, it, remind me again. I'm, I know it looks like poop, but it, it's edible. Did it taste like poop, did they say? They didn't say. No, didn't, no I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it just looks like poop. Yeah, I think it just, yeah, just in, yeah. Yeah. It looks I, enough, though, are good enough for me to be like, no way. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of, okay, there's a lot of issues I had with the world that I overlooked because I had the mindset of, like, Sharknado, right? I'm not going to question why there's sharks in the tornado, right? So in this in this world, there's a lot of things that I feel like those initial shots 
that they they received to go there, I don't think they would cover everything. I feel like there was a lot of pathogens that probably would have been passed, you know, real fast. So when they explained this poop fruit, I was like, mm, I'll bring a sandwich from the other world. How about that? How about <laughs> I'll bring a sandwich from the other world or, you know, how about we get some trucks in here to bring some McDonald's for everybody or something like where's the sponsors at? So we can, you know, the billionaires are fine, but can we get some, you know, hey, brought to you by Taco Bell for a hot, you know, meal or something <laughs> like that. Something that looks looks better than what you're giving us here. Like that's, yes, yeah, because I'm, I'm very, I'm too iffy about new things that I will have to ingest. How about that? <laughs> that's, that's. That's what I, okay. I, that would have been a kind of a hard line for me. Uh, Laura, to okay. answer your question, I would try the poop fruit because I feel like I've already tried poop fruit and it's called durian. <laughs> wow. What? Durian. Have you guys never had durian? No. I, I don't think I have. Okay. You guys need to look it up. Anybody else who's listening who's never heard of durian, look it up. It's a fruit. How do you spell it? D-U-R-I-A-N. It smells very bad and it, it's not an appealing it's an acquired taste i guess is, is i the, thought that the was jackfruit term. no yeah, i thought not it was jackfruit too it looks no. exactly like it too no, yeah different yeah. Durian's different what you know what the picture i don't know if you can see that but the picture that i saw on my screen is that yeah so i'm gonna go ahead and guess that it does smell very it smells oh, very bad durian versus jackfruit well nope says they're whole different fruit mm-hmm it's pretty high in carbs, I tell you that. And yeah, yeah, it is. It is not pleasant. It smells terrible. Um, so, like in the book, they talk about eating that. I can't remember if they say were there alternatives. No, I think I think the the poop fruit is just one of the like adventurous foods to try. Yeah. Like in the in the cafeteria, they yeah. said that if you want to be adventurous, there's this section over here. You should try the poop fruit. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could and then that was a gift. It. That was a gift for one of the new guys or new people. It was a stack of poop fruit on their desk. Yeah, I'll just close my eyes and it'll be fine. I mean, as long as it doesn't have the consistency or or the heat of poop. I mean, <laughs> then I'm okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if I close my eyes and I don't know what it is I'm eating, it's fine. <laughs> Gross. Uh, yeah, no, I don't I'm think right, I but... would try it. Oh, okay. More poop fruit for me. So. Yeah, you can have my yeah, share you can of have poop. It. <laughs> poop fruit ice cream, poop fruit empanadas. <laughs> <laughs> you have fun with that. Oh, I will. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think poop fruit needs to be the official fruit of the podcast since we have Ew. shit in our name. Ew. Hey, I mean, oh. that's what you guys want to do. I mean, <laughs> hey, it fit the title. <laughs> and anyone listening, just let us Bella's know. Bella's going to be so confused fruit? when they come back. <laughs> yeah, like why? Why is there a poop emoji attached to her name? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Just go with it. <laughs> Just to just to I guess get it out of the way early, we already brought up how COVID nineteen was part of the story. Um, it was, but it also kind of wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you think? Do you guys think the way that Scalzi handled it was done well? 
like acknowledging um, it, but not. Yeah, getting, but not like, dwelling on it. I guess. Um, I, I think because uh, the book does actually take place in 2020. Yes. Um, what I did like, though, like you said before, was how they. It's an escape, though. So it's like we, you know, we recognize that this is um, a pandemic that's happening. You know, a lot of tragedies spawned from it. Um, but now we're going into a whole new world, you know, to kind of get your mind off of um, the madness back in the regular world. I, I don't think it was done distasteful or anything like that. I think it was fine. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, th- I don't think it, it was handled poorly at all. I, I was honestly reading, as I was reading, I was wondering why. It, like, was the COVID-19 needed for the story at all? Um, I mean, I feel like you could tell the story really without it. And I, and my 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 takeaway is that they needed, the author used the COVID-19 as a, as a way to make the main character somewhat desperate for something new. Because it did was you, a very, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, did you read the author notes at the end? Yeah, oh yeah, at the, yeah, at the end, at the end. But like, as I'm reading it, I'm like, why? Why was COVID nineteen part of it? And it's like, oh, okay, maybe you need to set up the character to mm-hmm. be in a place where he needs to accept this, um, yeah. because it was a very troubling, you know, difficult time for a lot of people in terms of career and finances, not to mention everything else. Um, so once I kind of wrap my head around that, it made a lot more sense. And uh, and I, yeah, I thought the the handling of it as a whole was pretty was pretty well done. Yeah, you Laura? Yeah, I thought it I thought it was done well too. Reading this synopsis, I thought it was gonna be more part of the story, so that kind of worried me a little bit. Yeah. But it was really just the beginning when we're learning about Jamie and uh their situation and then there's just um I guess references to it here and there and just acknowledging that they don't exactly know how things are going because they're so obviously they're on a whole different universe. So they, they're just not connected enough to know. And so I thought they did a pretty good job. Cause, and it also does, it's the story. I think it starts like in the beginning of when the pandemic starts. So like it, 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 it doesn't get into a lot of detail. It doesn't get into the time when things got really bad. So didn't have to address that. But yeah, the author letter, I was going to bring that up, is he, Scalzi talks about how he was trying to write a different book during the pandemic, and he just couldn't do it. And he ended up writing this book instead. So I think this book was his escape. Mm-hmm. Um, this is was his way of dealing with the effects of COVID-19 and the economy and, and things like that. And just kind of, he just kind of like let his imagination run wild with it. Um, that, that author letter, I, I don't generally read a ton of author letters. I'll like kind of skim through, but I, uh, I, I ended up listening to the audiobook when I got to the end and he reads that. And so that kind of drew me into it just just the way that it had started. And so there was a lot of really interesting things that he talks about in that letter. So if anybody has read this book and didn't read that author note, I, I do recommend going and reading it because it was interesting 
to see like his his experience with writing kind of a, a window into 2020, 2021 and his thoughts behind this book. Yeah, I thought it was interesting earlier when you, Laura, when you said how this book was the book you needed right now. Mm-hmm. And, and that mirrored so much of the author and him saying like this book is what he needed to write. Right. Like he, he mentioned, yeah. he wanted to write another book, but he just couldn't for many reasons. But this is the book that he needed. And so it's just funny that now it's the book that you needed. Um, and I'm sure someone out there, if you haven't read it yet, this might be the book that you need just to kind of escape for a little bit and just have some fun. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Aaron, you had said earlier or talked earlier about how you are really into the science aspect of the books that you read. Oh. Uh-huh. What did you think of the science behind this entire kaiju earth? Like, did you like what they they addressed? There were some things like I I, I appreciate them doing it, um, but again, like I said, I I kind of wanted some some kind of fast action pace through some certain things, and I was like, can we get back to the monsters? But I do I definitely appreciate them explaining how they're alive, how they grow their basically if. Um, and we're in spoiler sections. Uh, you know, they're on parallel, not parallel, they're on, um, I guess they were parallel Earths, weren't, weren't they? Alternate. Um, yeah, alternate Earths. So the the way that they explained it, which I really uh, liked, was, you know, we evolved uh, and learned how to use science to create these nuclear reactors. They just biologically evolved to where their bodies and other creatures, you know, just they just make it like this is just this what makes them you know um them you know they're they, they kind of grow these things within them so I, I i like that i like that uh, explanation of that science i also liked um the weapons training uh uh sequence where uh, why am i blanking on the character's name when they were telling jamie they were telling Jamie, like, when you think of a weapon, this is what you normally think of, and showed mm-hmm. a handgun or assault rifle. You know, was that, it and I'm like, yeah, you, you got to think different. Like, you're not, you're, this isn't, yeah. you know, this isn't Kansas anymore. You got to think differently. And then show Jamie these different, you know, you know, hey, the monsters will be attracted to these things. So maybe you shoot something there, you know, you don't want to be eaten, you know, so. And I appreciated that because it made you think outside of the norm. Yeah. Because you're you're thinking, you know, hey, these are big monsters. These are a bunch of creatures that can eat me. Let me go grab a gun and take care of these things. And then you see, you know, see the ramifications of those, that thought process too later on in the book when you have soldiers going up against those type of things and stuff. So I, I really appreciated that. But I think, I think it just kind of my my thirst for action, action, action. Cause I was like, this is what I want from it was kind of overshadowing some of those. And I didn't, you know, maybe I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have, but you know, that that's, that's a, a fault of my own, if anything, but I, I like the science that they put behind uh, a lot of the things. So yeah, it was good. I always appreciate that they, they attempt to address these things. Like yeah. they don't have to have perfect answers for me, but I like the fact that it's like, yes, I know these are some things that you might have questions on. This is my way to explain it. Okay, let's just move on. <laughs> and that's usually good enough for me, right? <laughs> like that, that happens so so much in 
sci-fi in general, like, especially Doctor Who. Like, Doctor Who yeah. would just throw some science-y sounding words. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll accept and it. And you're like, sure. You know? Cool. Well, sounds good to me. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I I liked how... Um, so, so at first, I did feel like it was a lot of um, exposition. It, it felt like there was a lot being being thrown at me but at the same time i realized what's happening is i'm going on this journey with jamie and i'm learning the same things at the same time um so after a little bit i i just kind of like accepted it and some things yeah we probably didn't really need to know but it felt like it was just kind of building the world a little bit more creating more understanding I I liked how a lot of the science reminded me of the different monster kind of movies or lore that he kind of like pulled from, which obviously connects into pop culture. So we we see a lot of references to Godzilla, Jurassic Park, and Pacific Rim. Those are the mm-hmm. top three that felt like a lot of details were kind of taken from those and kind of put together in this world. It was kind of like a, like a, a homage. Yeah. Yeah. It's also the to... author's way of letting, letting you know that he, like he's in on the joke, right? Like if you're yeah. going to do a book about Kaiju, of course you're going to think about Godzilla or Pacific Rim. And the author's like, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like they're, you know, showing up to this brand new world, you know, they're like, welcome to Jurassic Park. It's like, yeah, I get it. I, you're going to be thinking about this. I'm thinking about this too. We're all doing this together. <laughs> did, you, did you mind them tying it into the actual lore of Godzilla? Being like, where do you think they got their inspiration from? One of them crossed over, you know. I loved it. Japanese saw it, and boom! Now you have Godzilla. Like, yeah, I really enjoy that. I, I was expecting like tying it into real world things. You know, like, hey, this is why you know this happens. You know, uh, like how they used to do in like the original Men in Black movie. You know, they had explanations for like it's, it's aliens. That's why this is this way type of situation. Mm-hmm. You know, it Godzilla is an actual kaiju that came from you know this side, this world. I can't remember. Do they have a name for the world? I think they just called it Kaiju Earth. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember any like title for it, but yeah, no, nah, I thought I thought it was. Uh, I like that. I really like that tying it into real world, like an explanation for why this happened, you know, in in our world. It's just another thing that grounds it when you tie it. Yes, it's called it's called Kaiju Earth. That's what they call it. Kaiju Kaiju Earth. Earth. Okay. Yeah. If this was DC, it'd be Earth, you know, fifty four, but whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Numerical. (laughs) Yeah. Um, there were there so there are a lot of other pop culture references. I think one of the other one that was mostly referenced mainly because their names was that they named the two closest kaiju bella and edward and they got them to make babies <laughs> yeah i laughed so hard when they when when i got to that part <laughs> so yeah they, they didn't <laughs> i mean that was kind of my uh another small gripe i had with it is i wanted to see more kaiju because I, I feel like we only got three we got kevin in the beginning yeah uh when they first got there a, the unnamed it, one an unnamed one and then bella and edward right 
That was it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wanted to. I, 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 like I said, I wanted to over the board with all that. Like, give me a kaiju war at the end or something, too. Like, I need all the B movie coming out at the end. <laughs> like, that's what I need. Yeah. I was with you. I, I want, I wanted more. I wanted it to be more like Pacific Rim. You know? This, yeah. This, this kaiju yeah. just battling it out. And just, yeah. Um, and I've only seen the second Pacific Rim. What? <laughs> never That's the bad one. What? What? Aaron. Okay, we need to have a movie night. We gotta watch it. I got into it late, of course, and it was on streaming, and I was like, oh, I'll watch it. Why not? And I was like, this is pretty bad. <laughs> it's. Aaron, you have to watch the first one. Only the first one. <laughs> I'm a John Boyega fan. So yeah, I was that's like, true. Well, that's he's true. in it. Let I mean, me he was it. good. But the movie itself, it didn't know what it was I think the second one has its merits for being dumb. <laughs> and that's what I thought it was going yeah, for. Was like, you know, I, thought, you know, I thought it was yeah, going to go for like, super campy. No, but if you, yeah. want, if you want kaiju fights, you definitely watch the first one. The first so one's here, good. Here's the other thing when I was going into this book, because I'm not a kaiju movie fan. Okay, like, I was going to ask you. Yeah, I don't care for Godzilla. Uh, when Godzilla versus King Kong or King Kong versus God, I can't remember what it's called, but when that came out, I, you know, and I have a friend, Steven, is big into those. He, him, he said him and his dad would watch like the old school ones, you know, guy in a suit type of stuff. I never really got into this stuff because yeah, I felt like they start mm. moving towards like, what are the humans doing? don't care about what the humans are doing i want to see that fight for an hour and a half like the humans are i don't you know if i want to go see humans i'll walk outside let me go see the the big lizard versus the big octopus or butterfly or whatever let me show me that that's what i i wanted to see so i thought at least in this and it's a preserve right you got to show me the different types. Like I, I got to see 20 different type of kaijus at this preserve. You it's a preservation. You're supposed to preserve these things. Like, let me see them all. Let me, you know, show me them. But I was a little, again, disappointed to get four. Like that's, that's it. That's all you guys have saved this whole time is <laughs> four of them. Come on. Maybe, <laughs> maybe in the next book, maybe in the studio. In Jamie's next tour. Were there any other pop culture references that you guys liked? Uh, There's a lot. Huh? Oh, trading. The trading places one, the dollar bet. That's yeah. good. Because yeah. mm-hmm. that's that. That. And here's the thing about that. There's a movie, and I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. It's called uh, Coming to America. Mm-hmm. Um. And there's a Trading Places, there's two characters from Trading Places uh, in that movie. And I, as a child, had never seen Trading Places. So when their cameo and their reference to Trading Places comes up in that movie, which is one of my favorite movies, uh, Coming to America, I didn't get it for like 20 plus years. (laughs) So I had no idea. And then I finally watched Trading Places and I was like, whoa, these are the same guys from one of my favorite movies so then when i heard it in the book i instantly when he he called it a um uh oh my gosh now i'm blanking on that it's a uh something bet like a because one of the characters is mortimer oh, yeah. and the other one is uh yeah 
I can't remember. But when I, I, well, yeah, I instantly knew what it was. Either. Was it a buck bet? Was that the term? Uh, it, yeah, it was like a buck bet because it's Something just like a that. dollar. That's all they, you know, that's all. And it, I was like, I know exactly where this is from. I got this. So <laughs> I, I appreciate it. It ran deep with, with me on that one no. little, you know, shot out. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't realize that those cameo characters were in the movie until I watched, um, I think it's the Netflix documentary series, the, Mo- the movies that made us. And I'm, mm. I think they did an mm. episode on coming to America and they talk about the director wanting to get those two characters back into the movie and how the studio was against it or someone was against it. And then wow. they were going to cast someone else for it. And then that didn't work. They, things fell through. And so the director's like, hey, those two guys, they're available. We'll call them up right now. And so that's how they got them into the movie. Wow. It's a connected wow. universe. It's canon. That was, that was the first coming to America. <laughs> yeah, all you kids today with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, no, there was the uh, yeah, uh, the, the the Eddie Murphy Cinematic Universe. Yeah, Eddie Murphy Cinematic <laughs> Universe. Yes. Uh, yeah. The only t- other two pop culture references that, that were in there that I didn't recognize them. I would never have known that these are references to anything else. But in the book, the characters call it out. Is uh, they use the term "deliverator," which apparently is from Snow Crash. Uh, Neil Stevenson. They talk about Snow Crash a lot. Yeah, and then later on in the book, they mentioned transdimensional portal, and one of the guys is like, "You took that from Doom." So again, just kind of being in on the joke is like, "I'm going to steal these, these references. You're going to recognize them. This is me calling it out ahead of time. We're all we're all, we're all having fun here. <laughs> we'll confirm you later." Yeah, I, I didn't know the Snow Crash one because I, I I had no I don't I have no idea what that was. Yeah, I've never read Snow Crash, and I'd never played Doom, so I wouldn't have caught those. I didn't even know Doom had a story. <laughs> just I mean, I'm stuff. assuming they're referencing the game and not the movie Doom. Even the movie? Did the movie have a story? I thought it was just shooting <laughs> stuff. Like Doom is a game about shooting stuff. Where is there a story? Why is there a story? <laughs> I wanted to point out, I don't know if anybody noticed this. I didn't notice until I was reading some some reviews and questions on Goodreads. Jamie's gender is never specified. True. So, that, yeah. no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that, that kind of blew my mind. I, I mean, I saw you put it in the notes and I was like, wait, what? No, Jamie's male. <laughs> and I realized, oh, no, it's because I listened to the audiobook. And so Same. I was projecting Will Wheaton's gender onto the character and so i had to quickly try to go through it was like oh i guess they aren't ever specified what gender they are i assumed male because male author and then will wheaton yeah as narrator i assume male in every book i'm reading because i'm a male <laughs> that's kind of how so i mean and i i've told other people that i you know that that um like when I read books or play video games or kind of consume any media, I kind of put myself in the driver's seat of the main character. So they sometimes get replaced with just an image of me there. So it's just like, and it could be, conceited, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a conceited way to look at things or something. But I mean, like, that's the best gonna way to immerse, connect, right? Yeah. If I'm going to immerse, then I'm going to, you know, I'm going, Aaron's going to immerse. So it's Aaron in the driver's seat to this thing, you know, and I'm going to go along with the ride, you know, 
there there's a rare occasion of books that I've read where that does not happen. Uh, the Harry Potter series is one. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a British kid. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that that's, you know. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's, that's an interesting uh, fact there. Yeah. I, I never, so here, here's, here's a, here's a thing that I, you know, I noticed and I think, it's done well. Like the, the LGBTQ uh, representation in the book mm-hmm. to me uh, was not noticed. Right. So it was like, this is the world, right? We present it to you. It's nothing that, yep. you know, this is the characters, this stands out. This Nothing stands out. This is the world. And it flows very well. It reminded me of, have you guys played Borderlands 3? Sure haven't. Mm-mm. Okay, so they have uh, they have representation in there, and I was playing with a friend of mine, and when I said it at the end, I was like, oh, they show good representation. They should this should win the award at the video game awards for like representation. And my friend was like, What are you talking about? There was none in there. And I was like, It was all over the place. That's how well integrated it was, that it was just a part of the world. You didn't even realize that it was. Yep. Like, because it's the world, right? So when I was going through this book, it was just, you know, I never saw anything as, you know, different. It was just a part of the world. So I like how that's well, like that's, that's, that's blended in. I never, I never assumed anybody's, I guess, race as well. Like besides maybe, maybe three characters, I think that they described as well. Um, Yeah. What was the the pilot's name? Oh, maybe fudge. some names, if anything, but that's about it. So I like I like I like when you know it it blends well. Like I like a a blended yeah. picture, and, yeah. and I feel like that's what it it did. Uh, the book did do that well. Yeah, yeah. The, the author was a lot of a lot of varied names to to represent. A lot of different cultures even if you didn't yeah. always know what culture they came from you can tell they weren't just like <laughs> white culture it was it was like oh this is definitely like middle eastern name or I, th- I think yeah the the pilot was either canadian the canadian lieutenant or yeah name? you find out at the end uh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right that's right when he got all the respect and all that yeah. stuff yeah that was a yeah, but I agree. I mean, it, yeah, it's great that they that's just the world we live in. You don't need to call it out because the world we live in is very varied. But yeah, why, and that's, why... that's exactly what he was going for. There's um, there's an interview online um, where he is talking to somebody about it. They, they bring up there's no obvious gender for Jamie, and so they start talking about gender and representation um Scalzi does call out the fact that yes will wheaton does narrate this book so a lot of people assume that jamie is male but then uh he goes on to say that will also narrated interdependency the interdependency series who has two female main characters so he's Hmm. read for females as well so he says that people don't necessarily have to base their genders on who reads the audiobook. I guess 
I and I I can't remember. Maybe you guys remember. It's the there is a trans character, at least one trans character in this book, and I cannot remember who it was. I just remember it was literally just like one line that kind of implied it, and then just we moved on. And it's driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Was it, oh, it's was it one of Jamie's roommates? No. It wasn't? Jamie's roommates were two gay men and then I think a, a woman that technically moved out. Like, we never actually met her. Oh, the... the <laughs> that character <laughs> just reminded me... I, I um, the Multiple oh. instances... You found out? I remember. I remember. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was one of the roommates, Laertes, because when the pandemic happened and um, Jamie lost their job, the roommates were talking about possibly also leaving, and they were going to move in with Laertes' family, and they were talking about how he comes from a very conservative background, and they still dead name him. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Oh. Him, yeah, so that's what it was. Laertes is trans because they're talking about how they still okay. dead name him. Okay. That's why I couldn't remember it was so early in the book. Yeah, it was early in the book, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, Aaron, what were you saying? Something no, I was going to say that, that phantom roommate that they had reminded me when I worked at a job and um, worked with a woman that quit that I never worked with. And they were like, God, <laughs> she just quit. And I was like, oh, okay, who was that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know who that was. Oh, so, I didn't know I had okay. a new coworker. <laughs> like, yeah, they were here for years. Not with me. Like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyways, we know for sure there is also a nine. There is a non-binary character, which I loved that it wasn't specified. I just realized when I was listening to the audiobook, they were being referred to as they. So I was like, oh. I think that's probably a non-binary character. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it's funny in this interview, whoever, I can't, I don't know who this is talking to, but they said not everyone is cool with trans and or non-binary folks. And Scalzi says they wouldn't last long in the kaiju preservation then, nor would any other type of obvious bigot, as KPS is clearly a diverse international organization with no time for that sort of bullshit. It's my world. I get to write it the way I want. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. I was like, yes! Thank you! So, this is making me actually want to like look into some of his other books because I, from what I gather, he tries to have a really great representation in everything. Because at some point, I know in this, in this interview too, he says, like, that's just, that is the world we live in. So, write it the way that we live it. There is so. one book by him that's been on my list even prior to this book being announced. It was called Red Shirts, uh, which is very clearly based on Star Trek. So if anybody's a Star Trek fan, you know that anytime in the old show, the original series, any person that went with the main characters always had a red shirt and they would always be the ones to die. And so that's kind of, kind of became the joke. If you're a red shirt, mm -hmm. you are cannon fodder. And so this book is basically about those type of characters. So I put this on my TBR list, you know, a few years ago, haven't gotten around to it. But after reading this book, I'm definitely going to go back and, and read that as soon as I can and also check out some of his other stuff. Yeah. I will say 
one thing that I was not too excited or happy about in this book was that it kind of felt like every character had the same voice and same humor and wit. Okay. Mm. Did anybody, did you guys feel that? I I felt like 90% of them, yes. Like it was like they all knew each other. I, I yeah, and it was very fast that they kind of um grouped. Um I, I and this is what I, I think this is what kind of docked points for me because I was with the characters. No I mean everybody definitely felt really jokey, except for the pilot. Uh <laughs> but um <laughs> I I I just couldn't get over the fact or I couldn't get over the idea of these people would die. Like these monsters would just walk over through this base. They don't they don't seem like they're taking anything that serious. Like the protocols don't seem like they're 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 like it seems like they're on cruise control because when they got there, the person that was doing the orientation was drunk, right? Yeah, I was like, about hey. to say she was drunk like, and was like slurring. <laughs> Yeah, flurry, and I'm like, this is important stuff here. There are monsters out there. Give us a little bit of, you know, get some decorum here. Like, what's going on? So that's why I kept putting it into this, like, it's a it's a B movie type of thing. So I, I shouldn't take it. And mind you, again, I'm just coming off of sleeping to see your stars, and they're definitely more serious about their their protocols with with uh, yeah. different life forms and stuff like that. Um, it, and, it's, and I shouldn't judge one book towards another, but that's just the mindset that I was in at the time. Like I kind of jumped from one right into uh, you know uh, the other. But yeah, everybody seemed very campy and and and, and jokey, and it could have it could have been for me. It could have been Will Wheaton reading everybody, or true, or they were just written that way. But you know. When Jamie got over there, they caught on to jokes very fast with uh, with the what was the reference that they kept making over and over again? There was there was one one reference that they kept making over, but everybody caught on to it real fast. And I was like, everybody's everybody's watched the same movies like (laughs) like we've all seen these. okay? (laughs) and then. Jamie seemed out of place to me because everybody else seemed to be like have some type of science background mm-hmm. and during their final like mission i'll say um i i kind of felt like the room would be like well jamie why are you here <laughs> like we know how to do the science stuff we know what we're supposed to do you've been lifting things this whole time why are you here right now <laughs> You know, the the feel that I got from Jamie's job is a PA on a film set. Okay. (laughs) Jamie is just doing whatever he's told to do. Oh, see, there I go. Again, I think male. What was that? They went to to Jamie at the end and was like, we're kind of asking, you know, uh, you know, do you want to come with us to go basically save the world, right? Mm-hmm. Why? Why are we getting Jamie out of everybody on the base that, you know... That's has, already got experience. 
Yeah, it's got experience with Jamie, these things. I think Jamie had proven themselves at that point. That's they they already faced the kaiju. They they shot the caster into the mouth. Oh, they, that's they are true. already a hero. So at that, that point now, it's like, all right, you, we we know you know what the fuck you're doing. So you want to come with us? That could be <laughs> a reason. That could be a reason, but I'm more of the like, you did it once. We're about to go to something super serious. This could destroy our world, you know, like this is this could mess up a bunch of stuff on our world. And then you got a a, a psycho that's about to try to grow these things, you know, or grow these power plants on our, you know, our side of the the in our world. And this is not this cannot happen. This is a very serious situation. Um, let's take the loader. That's what I feel like it happened. <laughs> let's, let's, take you know, the, let's take the loader. What what I was thinking was maybe maybe we don't have a good idea of how large of a team they have or how uh-huh. large their base is. Like we don't know how many people are actually working there, what all the jobs are. So like if you're on a small team, everybody wears multiple hats. So that's kind of what I took from it is he doesn't have a science degree. So he does everything else. And if he's trained to be on land on the on the ground and he's trained with these weapons, um, then they're going to use him wherever they need him to go. That doesn't have to do with science. I, I would accept that as well if <laughs> they didn't come to him as kind of a friend. That's 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 where I looked at it. They came to Jamie as a friend. They wanted like, him to go because they wanted them we, to go. We want because you they in on this. Okay. We we want you in on this because we know you'll you'll one. We know you'll come with us because this is you know this is a hero moment. Uh, and the higher ups or whatever the the higher brass wouldn't want us doing this. We gotta you know sneak. Um, so we're coming to you. But I I don't know. I just couldn't get over the fact of like. What the hell is Jamie there for? <laughs> like, well, they even say that in some of the meetings. Like, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> and I, I'm here because I, I brought the food. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> like, Jamie was a, a a PA, and okay, you know, hey, I was waiting for Jamie to become the weapon specialist. Honestly, like, maybe do a uh, uh, um. Not a montage, but like a, a, a like a month or so time skip where it's like Jamie's got this down because Jamie's been uh, giving these tours to the billionaires for a few months now or whatever, or maybe a few um, tours like Jamie's gone back and forth. So Jamie's got it down like weapon specialist, you know, getaway specialist. And then we do the the big conflict. Uh, at the end, you know, maybe after two tours, but this is, you know, fresh from the other world. I've got into one combat scenario. I got my, uh, uh, what is it? I can want to say the order. What is it? The, uh, the little, the hollow title when they induct them into the groups after something crazy has happened to them. Oh um, yeah. The orders. Yeah. The orders. Yeah. yeah. Like this is, you know, I got here on Monday. This is happening on Friday, and we're in this. So I'm like, 
Uh, somebody, I feel like there should have been more deaths. Somebody <laughs> should have gotten, you know. I mean, there were deaths. No, no, there were no. I'm talking about from the from oh, from the, their own the team. Yes, side. Like I've, there was what there was the well, group yeah, that went uh, out there. From the uh, first. Copper, copper helicopter one. Yeah, helicopter one's group, but that I, I'm talking about from mistakes, not from an outside source oh, doing various oh. things. I feel like the days from last accident should be zero on the <laughs> on the side of the the wall there. That's what I feel okay. Like. Well, harsh, harsh criticism. It's very, but I mean, I, I feel like, and that to me would have added to the campiness as well. It was like, oh, well, it, it reminds me when I worked at Lowe's and I had to do training about the equipment, the power equipment, it's very dangerous. And during the training, they said, you know, falling off equipment was the second most um, cause of fatal accidents at this job. So I was like, okay. And I went and asked my boss right after, because they didn't tell me during the training. I said, they said falling off was second most. What's the first most? And she looked me right in my eyes. She said, I don't know, rhinos? And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> so that means you don't know. So the number one cause of death around here, we don't know? Would you? Okay. All right. This is cool. So now I don't even know what to look out for. Cool. That's the vibe I got from Drunk Orientation Day. That in this book, that's the vibe I got. And I was like, "All right, we're gonna die here, guys. Like this, there's this giant monsters. We almost got killed getting here. We're somebody's gonna, you know, oops, I left the the barrier down last <laughs> night, and now the mosquitoes are killing us. Like, oh no, that's I. Was, I had that feeling the whole story. Once they got to the, the 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 kaiju, you know, world. All right. Well, Aaron has no faith in these characters whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember how we got on that subject. I don't know. Either. I don't know. <laughs> we should probably wrap it up soon. But I had, I have a question for you guys. I felt like. The description of what the kaiju look like wasn't very descriptive, and I could not picture what I was supposed to be looking at. I'm I'm kind of with you, you on know? that too. Because like I, we're thinking Pacific Rim, Godzilla, but the way that Scalzi describes them is different from that. Like they don't have eyeballs. It's a glowing thing you know, mm -hmm. in, under their skin. And like there's never a description of what the parasites look like. They just say that there's parasites wriggling off. And I was like, what am I picturing? Like, am I picturing giant worms? Am I picturing bugs? Like, I don't know what this is that's happening. Yeah, and and I think that's that that goes back to my I wish there were more kaiju in the in into in the book, because um, they 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 kind of didn't give you a, a a descript picture of I guess my guess <clears throat> and it's a long shot was the author was like you've seen Godzilla right think something like those without eyes and you know what crabs are. Well, there are giant crabs in this, you know, there's tree crabs or 
you know what a parasite is. Think of that. <laughs> that's that's kind of how it was given. So I would replace things like um, Kevin was a giant Pokemon. Whatever a dinosaur Pokemon to me was, that's what Kevin was. Whenever I was, you know, going through that that moment, um, and until they spoke about the eyes with Bella. <clears throat> It was just another like dinosaur. Like, I don't have a vast um, uh, library of different type of kaiju in my head, uh, so it was very generic, you know, when when it yeah. came to those sections. For me, for me, Jason, what did what did you think? My takeaway was there was an element of not being able to describe what it looked like the, the, the like for human understanding things didn't quite make sense because they met, they mentioned something about a thing that wasn't quite a tentacle mm. and so it was like well, so then mm-hmm. what is it and it's like well fuck i don't know it kind of looks like a tentacle but not really so instead of bogging down the book it was like well it's kind of a tentacle but it also has these characteristics blah 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 blah, blah. like i felt like the author was like it doesn't really matter like what it looks like isn't the important thing, which for me is the type of reader that I am. I honestly really appreciate because there are some authors that take chapters describing the way the waves crash on a fucking beach. <laughs> right. And I, I do not care about that shit at all. I, I do not need to know about every blade of grass, every, every little thing of dust on a, on a countertop, whatever. That's great for some people who read that and they love it and they can really visualize a space. That's not me. I'm more of like, what's going on? There's a kaiju. Cool. What's happening? It's chasing us. All right. I'm in. Let's go. Um, I will fill in what the kaiju looks like either with a Pokemon or a Godzilla or something I've seen or just an amorphous blob of this is a kaiju. Insert graphics later <laughs> kind of thing. You know, like. That's kind so of what I was I didn't... doing in my head. <laughs> Yeah, and I do that all the time with characters. Like, I could not tell you what a single character in this book really looked like because um, I don't care what they look like. It's, it's this is the this is the the role they fill. There's the pilot. There's a weapons trainer. There's the sassy person. There's the the, the chemist. There's the hero. Blah blah. blah. Let's move on. Um, so for me, the lack of descriptions didn't really make a big impact. And I think also some of that is my my history with reading some Lovecraftian stuff where mm. the way yeah. to describe Lovecraftian okay. things is also kind of like shit how do we describe this this is this is from another world literally from another world your human mind can't really comprehend it that makes sense or it was just lazy writing i don't know one of the two <laughs> well, it could go either way times, there's a lot of times that they were described as like a mountain in the distance mm-hmm. and then yeah there was that references of the reference of a tentacle but not a tentacle and it yeah. was just kind of like all over the place so i ended up just thinking it was like just some kind of giant blob thing yeah with no eyes that maybe has legs and maybe also has tentacles <laughs> yeah and they made a point and to describe them eggs. as like like an ecosystem. It's not even a, it's not an animal. It's like an ecosystem. Cause there was a point yeah. where I think they said, Oh, like it sprouted wings. And that was surprising. Oh, yeah, like it didn't wings. have wings. It just all of a sudden now had wings. Yeah. Where'd the wings so come it, 
So I think I think there was a little bit of like it's just this giant kind of organism just morphs thing. to what it needs. Uh, yeah, that could it's a little bit of morphing thing going on. Like it has a tentacle sometimes, it has wings sometimes. <laughs> All right. You, you made me not like that even more though. <laughs> 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 you made me not like that even more. <laughs> I Oh uh, great. Because now you've turned it my giant Charizard type of thing into a ditto. Is what you basically did. That's exactly what and I was now, thinking when I said as I go to Ditto. So I'm like, now it's just all right. It's a so picture. I'm, I'm, picture Godzilla with the Ditto eyes and just the, the real exactly. Smile. Yeah. So wow. like now that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, rampage. Oh man, I gotta stuff. Photoshop that now. Wow. <laughs> that's gonna be our episode image. <laughs> <laughs> a Ditto Godzilla, fantastic. Oh my god. Okay. Is there uh, anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Uh, the last thing I, I kind of want to say was it, it's in the author note at the end, which I think really summed up the, the book for me. Uh, and I think it's really important for other people sometimes. So the author says that the Kaiju Preservation Society is not, and I say this with absolutely no slight intended, a brooding symphony of a novel. It is a pop song. It's meant to be light and catchy with three minutes of hooks and choruses for you to sing along with. And then when you're done and you go on with your day, hopefully with a smile on your face. Um, and I really, I thought that was really yeah. well said of like, not every book needs to be war and peace. <laughs> not every book needs to be really deep with meaning. Some books exist yeah. just to be fun to read and, and to remind you that books can be fun and a nice escape from the world. Um, and this is what it was for me. This is why I loved it so much. Uh, and yeah. Yep. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So on Goodreads, it has a rating of 4.09 out of over 20,500 ratings. 20,000. Jeez. Dang. Which is a lot because it just came out this year. Two months ago, yeah. Molly. Aaron, we do a different rating system on our show now. Uh, would you really? say this book was shit or is it the shit? You give me two choices? That's it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no more of this. I'm giving it 2.87 stars. I mean, <laughs> they, they, sometimes books it's need to get 2.87. Pass or fail? So okay, all right. Before, before, okay, for me. But hey, I'm you have you know to the millions of people that listen to this podcast. If I say something, or you say something, or Jason says something, it's it's a stamp of approval. It's like I need to read this because they said it's the shit, right? Fair that's, enough. that's that's what well, I'm I mean, taking away from if this. They, if enough, they yeah, agree okay. with you or me no, or Jason. No. Don't backtrack on this, Laura. We're going to go. <laughs> we're going to say this is the. I'm with this you. Is the, that's kind of I don't, I don't know what that, that, that shit. I don't know what that guy is that has all the buttons that tells people to buy stocks or whatever. But that's what I feel like this moment is for. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. <laughs> yeah. This is read, read, read. So I'm going to say. I'm going to say 
This book is shit. Hear me out, though. Okay. Hear me out. Because like I said in the beginning, I like B-movies. And the majority of people that I know hate them and can't stand them. <laughs> but I enjoyed the ride that that these, these you know, that some people can't separate, you know, uh, the Godfather from, you know, Octashark versus Giant Python. I think they're one in the same. I think they're both, you know, they they have their their appeal to them, you know, right? So mm-hmm. that's why I'm saying it's it's shit, but in a good way. So you're saying it's a turd, but it's a nicely polished turd. It's high fibrous. Did did you like the book? Huh? It's did you like the book? Oh well, see, I get yeah, no, I like the book. I, I like, I, I can say I like the book. See, that's what I'm saying. Your rating is, I need a little, a little, a little. Let, let them answer how he wants to answer. It's, it's, it's shit it's or the shit. He's saying it's shit. The book shit. All, all right, right, fair all enough. All right, all right. If you, you want to know more about so my good, definition yeah. of shit, you can follow my shit blog. That uh, I'll start to, you know, to explain more. Just about that that one rating. Okay. Nothing else on that whole blog. Just about that one rating. Uh, Laura, what about you? Is it shit or the shit? I would say the shit. It was a lot of fun. It was it was definitely written as more of like a, an escape type book, as we've mentioned, and that is exactly what I needed. And I think it's perfect for anybody else who wants something that's a light, quick, fun read. Great. You. I would also say is the shit, or if you will, a lovely platter of poop fruit. That is very well, delicious. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was a shit. I think it was a shit. It, it's this. This is this is exactly the kind of sci-fi I love, um, which I honestly didn't anticipate. Not having read this author before, I didn't realize it was going to be so pop culturey and kind of funny yeah. and and lighthearted. I, I, um, yeah, so it was great. I, I enjoyed it. Cool. Yeah. Well, before we take off, what is uh, the shit we're reading next? What's next on your TBR? Oh, I don't know, actually. Great question. Um, I thought, yeah, no, I don't. I don't really have anything. I'm, I'm back in the beginning. Like, I got coins to spend on Audible, and have not. I keep. You just kind of sit there and look. They're just charging. They're just charging me (laughs) to to hoard coins, like I'm Smaug or something like that. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, I got got nothing right now. That's why I've been jumping on some audiobooks is because I have a lot of credits that I haven't used. And if I don't use them, they just expire. So then that's wasted money. Uh, yes, okay. it is. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm going to probably read God Slayers by Zoe Hannah Makuda next. Um, it's the second book in the Gearbreakers series. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna keep making my way through some Doctor Who stuff. Um, there, there is 2020, 2021. There is this giant kind of multi-media project from Doctor Who called Time Lord Victorious. They released a couple novels, some comic books, some audio dramas, um, some like interactive games. There's an escape room, and it's all part of this overarching oh. storyline. Um, so I've been making my way through 
the stuff that I am able to consume. And so there's a couple of novels in that that I'm going to read next. But right after that, which I'm more excited about, is I'm going to be rereading some, not all, because there's a lot, of the Goosebumps books to get ready for uh, Halloween. Because this year is the, I believe, 30th anniversary of Goosebumps. Good Lord. And I loved those books as a kid. So I figured let's let's revisit some of them. So 30 years. Aaron? Still nothing next? Uh probably no. pick up more of the comic book. Um the What's Killing Them Children? Something <laughs> is killing the children. Yeah, something's <laughs> killing the children. Um Oh, and you know what? I'm actually going to do because I heard some sad news. I'm going to go reread Paper Girls. If you haven't read that one, I do recommend reading Paper Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a great yes, comic is. book, and they canceled yes. this TV series. No. They canceled the TV series? I just yeah. started it yesterday. Uh, <laughs> sorry. sorry. No, honestly, I feel like Amazon did a horrible job advertising that. Like, they did no, they did no advertisement for it. Like, everything yes. you see is fucking... Lord of the Rings, power rings of power, or whatever, but no love for Paper Girls. You're 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 a thousand percent right because mm. I spoke to I spoke to uh, I spoke to Emma about this a year ago because we were like I read the comic I love the comic I'm like oh they're doing a show we got to do something about this you know you've never read it you don't know what it is we're gonna we're gonna talk and when it came out I was a week late on knowing that it came out oh, I was no. like. This was released. Yeah, like where was a commercial, a a fly over ad yeah. or something? Like, I, got I never nothing. saw any ads for it. It's, nothing. Yeah, that's so they they failed when it came to advertising this. But whenever I opened up my Amazon app on my phone just to buy something, it's automatically rings of power in my face before I even get to shopping anything. So I was like, they knew where they wanted to put their money oh, yeah. when it came to things. I feel so like they didn't need to put money bills. in that though. They already knew people were. Yeah, gonna like watch it's gonna it. sell. Yeah, is people? Are, yeah, they're gonna gravitate towards that. But like, if you're listening out there, read the comic book. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It actually like literally became one of my like top five comic books. It's uh, very so good. good. It's it's, very it's good, a good yeah. comic book. I really like enjoy yeah. it. And watch the show too. Watch the show. Give them some Still love. Still watch you know? it. Yeah, maybe they'll get picked maybe. up by Netflix or little... something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe yeah. somebody will save it. Yeah. <laughs> the sad thing is that like the Lord, the Rings of Power is Amazon's attempt to do like a Game of Thrones, right? Like that's what For they sure. wanted right. to they position it as, but they didn't have the foresight to position Paper Girls as their version of Stranger Things. You know why? Do you know why though? This is because I was talking about this with friends when I heard the news that it got canceled today. So I'm going to read you the small excerpt from an a, um, article that I saw. It says, Paper Girls comes from Amazon Studios and Legendary Television, an associate with Plan B. According to sources, Legendary TV will be shopping the series, looking to tap into the popularity of series like Euphoria. What? It's not Euphoria. That's what? what I don't understand. What? I'm like, these are two. It's Euphoria and some show called... Um, Sex lives of college girls, but I'm like paper girls is about like that doesn't make twelve any sense. year old. It makes yeah, no sense to me whatsoever why they decided to do that. But I was like, it's that's why I didn't say it was being shopped around earlier. I was like, it's just canceled. Oh so I'm like, there's two different audiences. 
You're oh not even God. trying oh. to go for the right audience. Oh I'm like, God. Paper Girls could have been your Stranger Things. Stranger Things is wrapping up, so their time to shine is pretty much over. There's no plans that I know of, I guess, to do anything. Paper Girls is an amazing story that you can show with amazing characters. Yep. And you drop the ball because you want to be euphoria. Like, what is where did make, that come from? Doesn't make any sense. Wow. But that was from That's uh, disappointing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was that was very disappointing. So sorry to end it on a <laughs> so you can cut all that. You can cut all oh, that. Man, yeah. All right. Um, well, we're going to wrap things up then here. If any of our listeners have read the Kaiju Preservation Society, we would love to know your thoughts on it on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at shit we've read. Aaron, uh, do you have any socials or like plugs that you would like to uh, everything before you log off uh and then our youtube channel is uh network yeah but everything else one giant smashed up word before you log off that's 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 us <laughs> um okay so next month uh shit we read will be back with a discussion on the book In Every Generation by Kendara Blake. We're going to have returning guest host Zila France and new guest host Megan Wilson. Very excited for this. Yep, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, a Buffyverse novel. And so I figured it's Halloween. We're going to talk about some vampires. And in order to talk about it, we're recruiting our own group of uh, Scoobies. They're both big fans of the show, so... I'm sure they'll have opinions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Aaron, thank you again for being on the show with us. Um, thank you for having me. Fun. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming um, on. Jason, also, thank you for doing this episode with me again. You're very welcome, Laura. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, and also, uh, Bella will be back next episode as well. You guys are getting right. a kaiju on the show next time? <laughs> <laughs> yep. The production quality has gone up immensely yep. since the yep. last time. Right from the kaiju the mouth. Wow. That side of the story. <laughs> well, you guys had special, special guests from wow. the book going yes. in. Wow. Bella from the book kaiju. <laughs> All <Wow>. right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Shoot We've Read is hosted by Laura Benson, Jason Rico, and Bella Romero, with music by Joshua Chilton and editing by Jason Rico. To join the discussion on this and all other books we've read, find us at Shit We've Read on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. For more information about us or to request transcripts, please visit shitweavered.com. This podcast is part of the Bilo Network. Visit bilonetwork.com for more great geeky podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. 